Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number Six, Part Two, with Kirk McElhern. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Incogni. Don't let companies exploit your personal information. Visit incogni.com/macvoices and find out how to protect yourself. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number Six, Part Two, with Kirk McElhern. Kirk and I both deliver our picks for rounds three and four of the gift guide, but we also talk about a theme that seemed to be underlying throughout our conversation, and that is the right product for the right job for you. Let's go back and get to the picking. We're halfway through. What do you have for round three? Um, my next one is another quality of life device. It is a Dyson air filter fan. Uh, if you've ever seen these, they're sort of vertical pill shaped and it's not like a blade that spins. It's the air comes out of the thing. You'll look it up online. We'll put a photo online to, to look at it. Uh, just before we started, I looked to see if they have the model that I have. They don't sell it anymore. Um, mine is just a filter and a fan, but the new ones do both warm and cold air so you can use it as a heater in winter when you need a little bit of heat uh, the reason is i have a lot of allergies and hay fever season um, is really painful and so i can put this fan on and keep the air in my office clean i can also put it on and get a very light breeze on me and because the lowest settings are very very low not like a fan with three settings this has like 10 different speeds and it's quiet enough that i can leave it on when i'm podcasting and it doesn't make noise. So it's it's for cleaning the air of pollen, it's for keeping cool, it's for circulating air, for being comfortable. Uh, you can control it with an app or a remote control. You can control it with Siri even, since recently they added a Siri feature a few months ago to it. So uh, Dyson products are, they're the apple of their product classes. So vacuum cleaners, uh, these fans, et cetera. Extremely good products, more expensive. Uh, I have two Dyson vacuum cleaners. I've had a couple of others in the past. They're magnificent. I've got two cats. You've got to vacuum a lot. And so these stick vacuums, you know, no bag, rechargeable, doesn't have to be plugged in, wonderful things. And credit to Dyson for having very good customer support. I once had a fan that was out of warranty and they replaced it. Um, so kudos to them. Uh, if you buy from Dyson, they have Black Friday and Christmas sales. It's worth checking out. The Dyson stuff has always intrigued me. Um, I have to ask about this, though. Can you talk a little bit about the, the filter part? And, I mean, how much maintenance does it require? Do you, because, obviously, filters usually need cleaning or replaced. So it's got a two-part filter, HEPA and charcoal. And in the app, it will tell you when the filter needs to be changed. So it's based on the number of hours. Now, um, I bought a new filter in June when the app said that it was down to, like, 10%. And I keep checking every couple of weeks and it's still at 3% since June. So I've got a filter sitting, waiting to change. The filter I think was about 60 pounds. Uh, I think I changed the filter every two or three years, but then I'm not leaving it running all day. I'm I assume the filter is calculating its lifespan based on the number of hours it's on. I have mine set to automatic. So it's constantly getting a little bit of airflow. And when it detects that it needs to run, then it, the speed goes up. Hmm. So it's self-regulating. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. 
And ah. again, now they have the hot cold version. So in winter, if you need, I don't know, first thing in the morning, you want to get a burst of heat in your office or wherever, you can put on the heating function and that will serve to warm you up as well. Yeah, I, I did not know they had anything like that. That's, I do not own any, any of those Dyson products and now maybe I will. Thank you. You should. You should. <laughs> One of the goals here is I think everybody wants to help me spend money on these sessions. And, <laughs> and usually they succeed. Well, so. I like learning. Even even if I just said that I don't want to buy too many new things, I like learning about things because maybe there will be something that could replace something else and make it simpler or more efficient or less of a nuisance or less visual static, that sort of thing. Well, my third round pick is something that if you come to CES in Las Vegas in January, you will see us using. Um, it's the Insta360 uh, Flow Gimbal um, for your iPhone. I have, I've had an, a, another brand's gimbal in the past, and it worked fine. But uh, last year, at, I guess technically this year, 2023, I, I interviewed the folks at Insta, and they showed uh, me this this gimbal and it just absolutely blows me away um, it is small it's compact it deploys almost immediately um, you can have a magnetic attachment uh, sort of like what we were talking about with the MagSafe stuff so that you just drop it in there and go um, it's got so many features and I'm still completely discovering them um, honestly I've put off this purchase because I really didn't have a need for it uh, it, at least my perception was I didn't have a need for it. Now I'm sorry I didn't purchase it sooner uh, to to explore it a little more. But I'm I I will put in the, a link in the show notes to the interview I did at NAB and let somebody that really knows how you to walk you through all the features walk you through the features. But just the ones that that I have played with now and the fact that it is so nice and light um, it. It's going to be a great addition to the uh, the, the stack, the tech stack that we use at CES. Um, so, an Insta 360. Or earlier in the gift guides, their new webcam was uh, was recommended, and that's what I'm using now, as a matter of fact. So, um, they just make really, really great stuff. Um, it's not it's not inexpensive, but it's great stuff, and it performs, and that's what you want. I've never used a gimbal. Well, are you are you much of a video guy, Kirk? I always think not at all. A, yeah, you you're still photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you decide I have no to, desire to shoot video. I mean, I shoot video of the cats every now and then, or you know something. But I just don't. There's too many things to do, and I've got plenty of things. I don't have time to learn new skills all the time. You know. Well, one thing. Listen, this maybe I can sell you something. Um, the the one of the great things about this is that this will automatically rotate so that if you want to get down to your cat's level, you don't have to get down on the floor to your cat's level. You can just take it and just dial it right down. And yeah, I've got a get, camera with a screen that flips up, so like designed for that sort of thing to get down on the ground and to get low shots. Not not it's not an iPhone; it's a proper camera, you know, a real camera. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, whatever. I mean, because I've seen some of your shots of your cats, and they're they're quite impressive. They are. They're impressive cats. Okay. <laughs> they are. I walked right into that one. <laughs> well, but they are. They're impressive cats. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Incogni. Don't let companies exploit your personal information. Visit incogni.com/macvoices and find out how to protect yourself.
Do you want your personal information out there being sold by data brokers to the highest bidder or the lowest bidder? Information like your name, any aliases you have, social security numbers, login credentials, location history, online activity, and more. Do you really want the bad guys to know which websites you visit or which banks you deal with or which doctor you see? Incogni can help. Incogni makes it simple. First, create an account with Incogni and tell them whose personal data they'll be removing. Second, grant them the right to work for you. They will then contact data brokers on your behalf and request your personal data removal. Third, kick back and let them work. They handle any objections from data brokers and keep you updated on their progress every step of the way. When I was testing out Incogni, I was impressed at both the speed and the process, and a little alarmed at just how many requests were being made on my behalf. Makes me wonder how many other entities have my data, or yours. The likelihood of your data getting breached is constantly increasing, too. There are hundreds of data brokers which possess your personal information, and their numbers grow every year. It's time to take back control with Incogni. Incogni is available risk-free for 30 days, meaning anyone can try it out for themselves and get a full refund if they aren't happy with the service. Get our exclusive deal at incogni.com slash macvoices. It's risk-free with Incogni's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's incogni.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Incogni for supporting Mac Voices. So let's see, by my count, that is three rounds. Um, so we're heading into the last, and I don't know, have you saved the best for last or just uh, something else for last? I, I've actually saved a toy. I bought a toy this week. It just came a few days ago. Um, I'm going to try and set this up and see if I can show you how it works on video, but I don't think it's going to work entirely well. So I'm holding up this thing, and the toy is this little top. This okay. is from a company called Forever Spin in Canada. Now, it's not spinning well because I'm not holding it too well. It, it obviously spins better when it's on the desk. This can spin for several minutes. Um, this is a top made of bronze. They have about 25 different metals, everything from titanium to tungsten, aluminum, magnesium, etc. And it's just fascinating as something to just look at and relax. You know what I mean? It's kind of the thing that you can just like get into the flow. So I, I also bought this glass spinning stand. It's a convex glass. So when you spin it, it's going to sort of go toward the center because of the shape of the glass. And it's also very smooth because it's glass. If you do it on wood, like my desk is uh, oak, if you do it on wood, the friction slows it down a lot more. So with glass, um, I can put this on and spin and just watch it spinning around and it's mesmerizing. So it's called Forever Spin. They're all the same size, but there's like two dozen different metals at different prices. And you can buy all of them or one or two if you want. And apparently the different weights spin differently, longer and shorter and all that. So do you ever track how how long? I mean, Not yet. The, I, I really just got this. I really just got this a few days ago. Um, and so you kind of have to get the touch, right? To keep it spinning straight and not wobbling. And I've got it, so I put it on about 30 seconds ago. And over time it straightens out because of the weight kind of balances out. It easily goes for two or three minutes, but I'm probably can get up to five um, eventually. I'm not gonna obsess about it, um, but it's just kind of, it's one of these relaxing meditative things you can just take a break and look at this and think okay i'm just going to watch this spin for a while and nothing's going to happen and 
there you go. It just finished and fell off the, the, the thingy thing. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> I heard it go. Yeah, I just... I, I know I know some folks have been on the uh, on the gift guides are fans of this of different fidget spinners or fidget devices. Um, it's not really a fidget thing because these fidget no, things not. are things you're constantly moving in your hands. Here you're right. just spinning it and watching it. So, so so would you compare that experience to like watching the sand in an hourglass? Yeah, that's a good example. I have a um, I have a 15 minute hourglass. Um, with orange sand. And so sometimes I'll just put this on and sit it down here and just, you know, say, tick tock. Yeah. <laughs> I, I admit, I've, you intrigue me with, with the spinner because I've always found hourglasses. I don't have one in my office because I'm afraid it will distract me. Right. Because oh, okay. It, it is, you're right. It is mesmerizing. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Well, a good idea. So there's something called the Pomodoro technique that someone developed. You work for 25 minutes, take a five-minute break. A good idea would be to get a 25-minute hourglass. Instead of doing it on your Apple Watch or your iPhone or a little tomato timer, Pomodoro means tomato in Italian, get the hourglass and just leave it on the side. Don't stare at it. and just. But then, of course, it's not going to notify you. So you have to pay attention when it's finished. And that in itself could be distracting. So... Yeah, I'd, my concern would be that I'd be paying attention. I'd spent 25 minutes watching the sand go and, and never get anything done. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but as a writer, there are times when I'm typing on the keyboard or dictating, because I do a lot of dictation now that the dictation in Mac OS Sonoma is so extraordinarily good. But sometimes I need to think. And having something to do while I'm thinking for a few minutes of where am I going with this? And maybe I'm taking notes, you know, on a pad. Um, I find it helps, I don't want to say it boosts my productivity because that's not the goal. It makes my tasks more more whole in the sense that I'm not just focused on the computer, right? If you can step away, not necessarily get up from my desk, but look at something else, do something else, your brain kind of shifts gears a little bit instead of staring at the page and watching, you know, the cursor. So any, anything like this to to take you out of your habits temporarily, I think is really positive when you're, when you're working in a, in a, in a job where you have to produce things creatively. Just having listened to your podcasts, I know that you're a fan of ambient music. Do you, do you play ambient music when you are, when you are working, when you're writing? Uh, I've uh, sometimes uh, this, earlier I was playing, music by The Clash and yesterday by The Grateful Dead and sometimes Brian Eno and ambient music. Um, it really depends on my mood. Sometimes when I need to get something done, I want to put something on with energy. Sometimes when I need something, when I need to think more, I'll put something a little bit more mellow, some classical music, string quartets, things like that. Um, but I don't always listen to music when I'm working. Now, what I've found is that with this microphone, I can put music on and still dictate. So in the past, the quality of dictation, you really had to have an excellent microphone, had to be close to the mouth. Back in the day when I wrote for Macworld, I used to review Dragon Dictate and Dragon Naturally Speaking and a bunch of microphones for dictation. And it was all this really special microphone for dictation. With a good quality microphone like this, I can use the built-in dictation in Mac OS Sonoma 
play music not too loud and it's 95% accurate, which yeah. is about as good as Dragon Naturally Speaking was with a $400 microphone six or eight years ago. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a high recommendation for the mic you're using and for also- And for the, the, the dictation of Mac OS Sonoma, which yeah. um, this year they've added the ability to dictate and type, which you've had in iOS since I believe last year, iOS 16. So you can dictate a few words, type a few, dictate a few, type a few, um, because when you're dictating, there are some words that don't work or you want to capitalize things or you want to correct something that's mistaken in the dictation. So it's an enormous amount of flexibility. And I'll tell you, as someone who turns out a lot of words, it does make me more productive to dictate. And it's relaxing. I can move around. I don't have to have the hands on the keyboard. You know, you can free yourself up from the, from the chains of the computer. Um, writers of the world reunite. Writers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but the chains of your computer. We had this discussion the other night on a Mac Voices Live show that dictation is a skill that needs to be learned and, frankly, and exercised, or you start to lose it. Um, yeah. And so and the, the, I've been using dictation since the late '90s when IBM released Via Voice for the Mac. Back then, I was working as a translator, and anything that would improve the number of words I could generate per day was a moneymaker, literally. But Via Voice was a discrete word dictation tool, and it wasn't natural. And then, as they moved on, Dragon, naturally speaking, there were some other things. Mac Speech uh, was around before that. Um, the key is very simple. Think about what you're going to say before you say it, if you can. I, I don't need to do that anymore because I'm used to it. And plus, as podcasters, we know how to talk. Speak slowly, not too slowly. I can speak about this speed and it's fine, but you don't need to speak like this. And you can't need to speak like this either, right? Speak like a TV newscaster. Enunciate your words as clearly as possible. That's really the best thing. Try to keep your microphone at a consistent position in relation to your mouth. And um, back in the day, the ideal thing was a headset microphone because the microphone was always in front of your mouth. With something like this, I've got flexibility. I can go off mic and it's still going to pick things up really well because the quality of the microphone. Um, it is a skill. You, you should try it and practice. And then you need to word the things like you need to say the punctuation and you know, open quote, this, close quote, comma, et cetera. You get used to that. But even if all you're doing is, is throwing down a rough draft and then correcting it and editing afterwards, it's worth doing. If you're the type of person who can speak, again, as podcasters, we know how to speak. We know how to speak in paragraphs, right? Um, and <laughs> well no, said. it's true. And that's something you well need said. to be able to do when you're dictating. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I found that podcasting has helped me keep some of that skill. But earlier in my career, I did a lot of dictation. And so I felt like I was better. And that's a, I've never heard it expressed that way, speaking in paragraphs. Yeah. That's exactly what you need to do. Your, your brain is, is here while, while your mouth is here. And so you know, you're trying to work that out a little bit. But it's practice. Over time, you get used to it. And you can pause all you want. That's not a problem. And if you don't want to do it that way, you can use something like, there's an app called Just Press Record, which does really good um, transcription. There is a Mac app, uh, iPhone app, iPad, and Apple Watch. 
Um, so it's kind of like a voice memos app, but it actually does transcription. Uh, so you can just talk all you want into that and take the transcription. You'll have a lot more editing to do because it won't uh, necessarily put paragraph breaks where you want. Uh, but there are lots of, uh, we've reached we've reached levels with dictation that we could only dream of 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, well, think about how easy it is for us to upload something now to YouTube and have it caption it for us. And again, it's it's not perfect. Um, it constantly spells my name with a y, a y instead of an I, but it's still it's it's free, it's mm -hmm. fast, and it opens up the the product we create to a, an audience that would never have been able to appreciate it before. So, so so things like um, uh, nuances, dragon, naturally speaking, they allow you to make corrections, and it learns from the corrections. Since that's something that macOS Sonoma and iOS can't do. I think they might learn over time, but not as well. Um, also, with the more advanced dictation, you can uh, you can add a bunch of vocabulary. So, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, uh, you can add specific vocabulary from your documents. You feed it documents, and it learns all the words. And it's going to be a lot more efficient at recognizing these words that you use specifically in your work. For the type of stuff we do, you know, it's not that much of a problem. I'm not a specialist. There, there are term there are computer terms that Sonoma will get wrong and or, or you need to capitalize the names of interface elements and that's all the post editing. But most of the stuff, I mean, I can do a thousand words in a half hour. That's an article. If I spend an hour or two editing afterwards, you know, that's still getting the first draft out like with that flow that you get in dictation that can be broken when it takes you two or three hours when you're writing. And I don't know about you, but I have a terrible tendency to, if I'm composing something, I am editing it as I go instead of just throwing it down and going then going back and, you know, fine tuning it. I, I've I've I will try to write the finished product, on the first pass, and that never yeah. never works out, and I never seem to learn that lesson. But yep, you know, it, it is what it is. Okay, so what's so, your last pick? So my last pick is something that's going to drive you crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to do a little shift of my camera here. Whoops, sorry. And I have added um, another monitor to my multi-monitor setup. Yep. So now I have an ungodly amount of desk, de uh, desk space. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there's only so wide you can go depending on what your room looks like. So now I'm going up. Um, and so I want to recommend the Mount Pro vertical dual monitor stand for two monitors. Um, now, in the case of what I have back here, the, the bottom three monitors are on um, on uh, arms, but the the fourth one, the high one, is on this particular uh, stand without a monitor on the bottom of it, and that was a concern because. You know, you, you usually want the monitor on the bottom to provide the weight so that the top one isn't maybe toppling over. Um, this, this stand, though, comes with such a nice heavy base that there has been no issue putting this in place exactly the way I want it, where I want it, and having to worry about, gee, is it going to fall over, you know, forwards, backwards, or any other direction. Um, and I'm, I'm really liking it. Yes, you can create some ergonomic problems here. Um, so be aware of that part. You may have to pull back from the monitor a little bit. Or one of my things is I'm just putting things up in that monitor that I want to be able to glance at. 
that are visible all the time. I'm not constantly moving things in and out of the windows or you know moving that anything up there around. Um, things like my calendar, things like um, a, a, a Gantt uh, chart for projects and all that I want to be able to see at any given moment. And I really was finding it distracting to you know have to go and say, well, where is it? Which you know which window is it in and all. This gives me a place for just those static things, um, and so and again, it's it's they're right there, and if I really need to put something else up there, I can do it. Um, but I'm experimenting with what works up there. Email doesn't work up there. I can tell you that. Calendars. Yeah, because you're going to be looking up regularly for the email, and that's going to cause neck pain. Right, but if I'm glancing up at my calendar to see what's coming up today or what my open times are, um, it's 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 very 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 useful. So, uh, so what and, do you need the other three monitors for? Oh, uh, I mean, it, all kind of different projects, you know, things I'm working on for the office. Final Cut usually lives in one. Um, some of the websites that I use to produce Mac Voices or distribute Mac Voices through are in the others. Um, it's, you know, multiple documents open at any given time. I, I've said this on the show before, Kirk, and I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I always was convinced that we would never get to the paperless office until our monitors were the size of our desks. Because like you said, you know, you always had stuff in piles that you knew where they were. Now I have a place for everything on my monitors. And so I don't necessarily need to crowd up my desk with any paper documents or anything else. So, so, and I was saying before the show that I've adopted stage manager on Mac OS because it's like one window and every other window is a command tab away, right? So I'm able to, instead of before, I used to have Safari on the left, email on the right, my text editor and kind of in the middle overlapping them. And it was cluttered, visual static again, right? Um, so I've gone to this mostly single window. Now here we're talking and I have another app on the right with the list of my picks. And so for certain things, I'll bring another app forward. Like when I podcast, I'll have Zoom, Safari and Audio Hijack. Um, but most of the things I'm just command tabbing and I, it's, it's, it's reducing all of the complication of life onto a 24 and a half inch display. Um, and it makes it comfortable. I mean, I understand everyone's different. I, I was talking to someone recently who has one of those big curved displays. And I really didn't get them before until I realized the advantage is that the distance from your eyes to this display is the same when you turn. And that's why it curves. And that's what makes it better instead of it basically um um uh, what do you call it in in perspective vanishing points right they would go on to vanishing points and that kind of makes a lot of sense if you want to focus on one thing that you're working on have something else over here and something else over here but still to me it would distract me it would be it would make my brain hurt so more power to you chuck that you have four monitors i think you're going to want to buy two more because you can get one more on the left and then one on top of the other two to have a monitor triangle or monitor pyramid don't think i haven't thought about it kirk <laughs> i'm sure you have <laughs> um but yeah i and and you know your commentary there and earlier in before the show makes me want to go back and look at stage manager and see if maybe i could manage things a little bit differently um with less monitors because one of the one of the one of the awkward things is that then when I leave my my setup, um, I've got and you go onto iPad. your MacBook Pro and suddenly you got this like, tiny little display which yeah. you try to replace with that thing that puts your iPhone on, but that's not enough. 
No, and I've tried the little external monitors, and you know that that's well, fine. Well, you, know, you can have an iPad more. hooked up and and put some Windows on an iPad. I forget what that's continuity something that works yeah. kind of well. But yeah, yeah. once you're hooked into the multiple thing, and I know people who swear by multiple monitors. Um, I saw a video not not long ago. The author Ken Follett. He works with three vertical monitors. The one he's writing is in the center, and he looks like he's using Microsoft Word. He's got his research on the left, and I think his timeline on the right. So he writes these complex historical novels. And so he's just got this huge space with like three displays. But it's different because he's using them constantly, right? It's not like a calendar to glance at or one monitor for one project. It's It's like in the old days when you had one of those things that clipped papers onto the side of your monitor, he's doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's got it in such better resolution and can do more with it than you ever could with the paper, so. Sure, yeah. sure. So yeah, there's there's room for everyone. Um, I'm, I'm a single monitor guy, in fact, when, when the 24 and a half inch iMac came out, I downgraded, well, I downsized from a 27 because it was just too big, it takes up too much desk space. And I'm very happy with it. And I don't think if Apple releases a bigger iMac, I would want a bigger iMac because I don't need it. It's just, yeah. it's better. I, I'm, every, I'm just getting, everything's getting smaller and smaller on my desk cleared off. You know, no, no, no mess, no fuss. I mean, oh, okay, over there is a little bit. But <laughs> I, I feel like there's a theme to this, this conversation and this, this section of the gift guide. It's been really the tool that's right for you that there, there is no right or wrong. It, it's really just when you've been working with stuff as long as you and I have, you figure out the tools that work. So like I'm, I'm updating one of my take control books. I'm working on my MacBook Air, which is to the left of me because my desk is clean and I can put a laptop over there. There's nothing in the way. So I need to take screenshots, which I take from there and I'm writing on my iMac. Um, I've got my phone on a stand. If I need those things, I use them, but most of the time I don't. Uh, it, it's just... I would like, I can't go back to pen and paper, but I like the idea of, you know, simple, keep it simple. We've done too many complicated things. My my um, text editor of choice that I used to write almost everything is IA Writer, which is a wonderful minimalist text editor. Um, I, I don't, I, I've, sometimes I use Microsoft Word. I certainly use Scrivener for some projects and you know, I've written a take control of Scrivener book, but most of the time I'm using a text editor with, you know, sans serif fonts, monospaced fonts. It's like, just get rid of all the fluff. Who needs fluff? <laughs> hey, that's, again, it's, it's what works for you. You know, if, if you need four monitors, get four monitors. If you need one, get one. And well, another thing costs a lot. Well, electricity in your country is a lot cheaper than here, but you got to pay to power them. And presumably they're not too hot because LCD monitors are not too hot these days. But still, plus you have a laptop on the side over there, so that's a fifth monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I you hope know, we gave some I, folks a, a lot to think about here, not not just for the gifts themselves, but also maybe how they approach things. Um, I I I always enjoy hearing the way you do it because I know you've gone through a couple tr different transitions, and this one is interesting to hear. So. We'll, We'll check back with you and see what, what the next big change is. Um, there won't be any for a while, Chuck. I'm settled here. I, I'd be surprised if I change anything massively. Um, okay. 
because I'm I am pretty settled in, and and I'm getting to the age where change is disruptive. Whereas 20 years ago, I kind of welcomed change because it was a new shiny thing, and now it's like I've learned that the new shiny thing isn't that shiny after a few weeks. Yeah, I understand that. I want to make sure folks know where they can find you to see all the stuff that you're dictating and then producing and writing or speaking um, or whatever. So can you give us a quick rundown of, of everywhere that you can be discovered? The main hub is Kirkville.com, my website, where I link to everything that I produce, whether they're articles or podcasts or anything like that. New books that come out, take control books. Um, everything is there. You can find me on Twitter. Wait, what's it called these days? Um, at, at McElhern. And if you go onto my website, my about page lists my Mastodon account and um, Glass, where I put some of my photography and all the other socials I use. Perfect. Perfect. Kirk, thanks so much. This is always fun to get together with friends and talk about uh, the stuff we're using and the tech we've discovered this year. Um, happy holidays. You too. I hope that, well, let's see, we're a couple weeks from Christmas, so I hope you have a very wonderful Christmas and a very happy New Year. To you as well. You and your cat. Yes. <laughs> Important. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Once again, uh, this is a holiday gift guide, so links in, uh, that everything we've talked about are, will be in the show notes to this particular episode. They will also appear in the Mac Voices uh, 2023 Holiday Gift Guide Flipboard Magazine. Um, which you can access from the web or from the Flipboard app on your iPhone or iPad. Until the next time, and as always, happy holidays. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com